fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. What's up? Welcome into the program. Hey, it's a Friday. You made it to the end of the week. Pat yourself on the back. You did it, baby. You scream ice cream. We all scream for ice cream. That's what, <laughs> that's what it's all about. Welcome into the show. Got a lot to talk about today. Holy cow, what a day it's been on the national level. The chaos is officially here. What do we do about it now? Welcome into a broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, Thank you very much. We love you to death. Your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. And holy cow, man, what a way to wrap up the week. I told you, did I not say that the next couple weeks, and this week especially, with the ending of Title 42, would be the marking of the future of this nation. This is going to determine the future of the United States in so many ways, in so many aspects. We are changing history for the good or the bad, depending on how we handle these issues right now as we speak. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Coming up on the program, bottom of the hour, we have Chris Chmielinski. He is the vice president of Numbers USA. He's going to join to talk about the border crisis going on. Uh, he's also going to talk about the Republican immigration bill that was proposed, passed by the House of Representatives, knowing it's going to be dead in the Senate, knowing it's not going to get to Biden's desk. Because according to the Joe Biden administration, they say that Republicans are the reason why we have such an issue at the border. I, I know that's a little, it's a little weird. A little weird to say that, but if that's what you want to say, then that's cool. It's not quite working, but you can say whatever you want to, I guess. So You are fake news. I know. That's what I keep trying to tell them, but they just won't listen to me, and I just don't know why. So we'll talk about that one at the bottom of the hour. Before we get into the issue, I want to thank here, obviously, as you know, we broadcast out of Wichita, Kansas. Got to have the great honor to speak at the Wichita Pachyderm Club. For those that don't know, the Pachyderm Club is actually a national organization uh, with different clubs all over the country. We have one of the more active ones here in the Wichita area. And once or twice a year, get the great honor to go and speak to them. And it was a lot of fun, not just because it's fun to talk about the issues and get behind the, uh, get away from behind the microphone, get out in the public and actually do things and be engaged. But it's also great to hear the topical issues of what people are interested in from the quote-unquote street, from people that are active within the party, the catalyst, the people that are engaged in issues uh, on the home front. And it's interesting to see the uh, policies and the priorities that people have. And I absolutely love that. So uh, in this issue, this immigration issue, obviously a major one. So let's get right into it, shall we? Let's do it! What's trending today? Which, by the way, I don't know if you're aware or not, but Alejandro Mayorkas, the head of the Department of Homeland Security, the guy that's supposed to be handling this issue, apparently said that no one's crossing the border illegally. They're not doing it illegally. They have it down. They have 24,000 troops down at the southern border. Now, that's after he said that he just sent 1,500, but he's got 24,000 troops at the border, and he has increased those penalties now that Title 42 is over. He's increased those penalties. There could be potential prison time. There could be a banning of you crossing the border for five years. We are laying down the law because remember now that Title 42 is not there, we defer back to Title 8 when it comes to the punishment of trying to cross the border illegally, which is a potential $50 fine, maybe a sentence of prison time 
if that. So we're going to do this legally, by golly. And that legal means that we're just going to not have any rules to where anybody can walk in. But we're going to make sure that it's not done illegally by changing the terms of what illegal actually means and what the legal process actually is. Starting tonight, people who arrive at the border without using a lawful pathway will be presumed ineligible for asylum. We are ready to process and swiftly remove people without a legal basis to remain in the U.S. Do not believe the lies of smugglers. People who do not use available legal pathways to enter the U.S. now face tougher consequences, including a minimum five-year ban on re-entry and potential criminal prosecution. We are prepared for this transition and will enforce our laws. That, ladies and gentlemen, was brought to you by the Biden administration out of the Biden basement as we continue to listen to the shenanigans from Washington, D.C. Let's go into the Biden basement. So Joe Biden officially had a visitor in his basement with Alejandro Mayorkas saying that they are prepared, they are ready. Now what they're doing is changing the process because now, you know how long it takes to process somebody through our border now? Instead of just letting them walk in, obviously they have to go through a checkpoint, but the checkpoint... The normal process to screen somebody, apply for asylum or being a refugee or to try and come in here the proper way. You want to know how long it actually takes for them to do that? Let's just go to the press conference that Senator Ted Cruz from Texas and Senator Roger Marshall, my senator from the great state of Kansas here, had yesterday evening just before Title 42 officially ended. We saw back there a couple of hundred people that were sitting there being processed. But they've right now, the Biden administration has sped up their processing so that they can process an illegal immigrant in about two minutes. Two minutes? Now, if you are one of those on the radical left side of the aisle that just says that borders are just arbitrary lines from evil rich white guys that set them because they don't want brown people coming into the country, which is what the entire uh, messaging has been from the mainstream media, has been the messaging from the Democrat Party, from the progressives, that it's just an arbitrary line. We can't define borders. If that's the case, then you shouldn't have property lines as well with your apartment or your home or your land as well. So I can just walk into your home at any time, right? I can just walk in and take anything that I want because it's arbitrarily yours. You may have purchased it with your own ta- with your own hard-earned money or your parents' hard-earned money when you're living in your basement. Not quite sure which one, but you technically purchased so. That's just an arbitrary thing. I could just take anything that you have, right? That's how stupid their argument is. But let's just roll with that for a second. Even if you believe in that mentality, can you really verify somebody in two minutes and say, yes, you're an asylum seeker and you have a legitimate purpose for seeking asylum? You don't have any health issues that you're not a terrorist or somebody that could be detrimental for the safety of the United States, how can you process individuals in two minutes, scan a little barcode that you've already given them or if they signed up for the app so that way they can walk in and then say, well, that was a legal process. Have fun. Here's the bus. Here's your ch- here's your card for some money. Here's some housing where you're going to be sent to. Here's the bus for you to get on it. Have at it, baby, because we can't handle all of you right now. So we're going to speed up this process to check you in. So you're doing it through a quote-unquote legal process and you're not coming in the country illegally. This is the new Biden America, and this is insanity. Even if you believe in open borders, that sounds like a ridiculously stupid way 
to go about this because you cannot screen somebody in that amount of time. You remember, anybody remember the quote-unquote open borders that we had when people would come through Ellis Island in New York with the Europeans that would come through and the rigorous process. And while it may have been quote-unquote open borders because we weren't locking people out, it was a rigorous process to where you had to do health screenings to make sure that you weren't sick. Just because the COVID-19 pandemic may be quote-unquote over doesn't mean that you can't be carrying another virus. Doesn't mean that you may be someone under duress with the cartel, which is a vast majority of it and the massive reason why we're trying to seal the border right now. You can't screen somebody in two minutes and be like, yep, you're good. There's no ill intent here. There's no illnesses going on. It's totally legit. Let's get you on the bus and move around. This is stupid. This is absolute insanity. And yet this is Biden's America now. Welcome into it. Senator Roger Marshall as well, talking about the disaster they saw last night. Right now, the number one most immediate threat to our national security is this open border. And that's why I called on the House to impeach Secretary Mayorkas. He's derelict in his duties. I'm calling on Joe Biden to come see this problem for for himself. We can solve this problem. And I want to bring uh, Brandon back up here one second. Brandon, if you could tell Joe Biden there's one thing that we need to do. Do you need more troops? Do you need more more t- technology? What do you need to do for us to secure this border? The American public should not shoulder this burden. We do not need more resources. We don't need no more, more technology. We don't need more infrastructure. We have to have policy. We have to go back to the rule of law. If we have policy, we can secure the border tomorrow. He won't give it to us. That's exactly. That was tip to Forbes uh, magazine and Forbes YouTube channel there for the audio from that uh, press conference yesterday. And one of the head Border Patrol agents with this issue, they don't need more manpower. They don't need more technology. They don't need bigger walls. They need policy to say, this is the policy of how you come in. This is what we do if you try to come in illegally. This is the process to properly screen you and not just take a glance at you for two minutes and be like, oh, you're good, and then move on. This is complete disaster, and this is done by intention by the Biden administration to say, look, they're not coming in illegally. We have a process, and we've created this process by scanning you over, asking you two questions, and saying, are you scared? Okay, come on in. Here's your two minutes evaluation, and then now here's some social benefits from the federal government, hat tip by the taxpayer money and the taxpayers of the United States. We're going to get you some housing and bus you around the country. Buses loaded with individuals every 40 minutes doing their routine and driving them across the nation. They are sending 40 or more buses a day, full buses, full of illegal immigrants to detention facilities. So as fast as they scan them in, they pull out a phone, they scan their documents, they take whatever they say, name, age, what country you're from, and boom, they put them on a bus and send them to facilities. To give you a sense, the facilities here can hold roughly 4,600 people Yesterday, they had 7,000. So you know what they did? They had to release hundreds of people, just release them into the communities. And, you know, a minute ago, you asked about what other states are doing for South Texas. I appreciate that because, look, South Texas is bearing the brunt of this. What the Biden administration is doing to South Texas is wrong. The hospitals here are full. The prisons here are full. The schools here are full. The farmers and ranchers see the dead bodies every day from this travesty. And all Joe Biden wants to do is have more people come illegally. Are we okay with this? I understand that we can sit here and just complain about it and be scared of what's coming because the dynamic of the United States is changing pretty dramatically right right now. But are we okay 
with this and how do we stop this type of madness when the Biden administration has played and changed the rules, which is what they do. They just change the rule of the board game. They're the child that when they're losing at the board game, they change the rules in the middle of the game so that way they can win and say, I'm not breaking any rules because now the rules are changed and now we can do whatever the hell we want to to our benefit. This is kind of concerning, majorly concerning. And this is what they've done. This is inhumane with what they've done to allow this to happen. This is a cartel allowing a cartel to come into the country. This is the federal government's cartel, the mobsters, the mafia that is allowing another mob uh, mafia mobsters to come into our country illegally, have absolute full control, and pretty soon it's going to be war zones on our streets because these individuals... When they're being paid to be brought into the country and they're trying to work off that debt and they don't work off that debt, we're going to see the shootings that we see in Mexico all the time. Have you even paid attention to the issues going on in Mexico right now where they tried to arrest uh, some of the big cartel leaders and absolute war zones in the middle of streets between the military and the cartel leaders? That's what we're going to start seeing in the United States. You want to know why crime's so high? It's not because of brown people coming in and we don't like brown people. It's because there are cartels that are now here gaining influence within our own cities when it comes to human trafficking, drug trafficking, uh, gun trafficking, and we're allowing it. And when the deals go bad, the shootouts begin. And then we wonder, gee, why are there so many shootings? Guess we need to take guns away. <laughs> the insanity, man. Lack of common sense, lack of reason in society. Lots more coming up here right around the corner. Ted Cruz putting the media in their place. We'll do that when we come back here on The Voice of Reason for a Friday. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program, 24 minutes past the hour. So since October, according to the New York Post, we've had 530,000 migrants cross our border illegally. That's at the time the Biden administration, the Democrats, and the mainstream media have said that Donald Trump was the fault of the crumbling of our border and the entrance of so many individuals illegally from, by the way, it's not just quote-unquote brown people or Mexicans either, it's over a hundred different nationalities that are found from majoritively not even Mexican at all, but it's Central America, South America, Asia, a little bit, the Middle Eastern area, Africa, hundreds of countries that are being seen at the southern border just randomly crossing, and we're just totally cool. 530,000 since October of last year to now. That is not Joe, but that's not Donald Trump's fault, is it? Is that Donald Trump? Was that Donald Trump? Because was he? Has he been in office? Has he been? In, hold on. Oh, darn it! Darn it! When asked about that during the press conference that Ted Cruz and Senator Roger Marshall had yesterday evening, and going into today, the media asked, "Well, what are you doing, Republicans?" As You've been in office for such a long time. What are you doing to work with the Biden administration to make something happen to try to address the issue? Why are you just blaming Joe Biden? Because obviously it's Donald Trump's fault. And Ted Cruz laid out that answer. The talking point of the Democrats, which this media reporter happily parrots, is, gosh, the problem can't be fixed. There's one little problem with that. It is an utter and complete lie. In 2020, 
The last year of the Trump presidency, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. You ask what have I have done? I've championed the men and women of Border Patrol. I've championed securing the border. I've championed Remain in Mexico. And we turned this problem around and solved it. And we went from Joe Biden inherited the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. And the first day in office, he made political decisions to cause this problem. And you should be ashamed of yourself because you're a reporter and you're not reporting facts. You're telling lies. Joe Biden made a political decision and they turn a blind eye. If you want to know just how much they turn a blind eye, six weeks ago in the Judiciary Committee, I questioned Alejandro Mayorkas. I put up a poster board of colored wristbands. And I asked him, Mr. Secretary, what are these colored wristbands? And he said, I don't know. I have no idea. This is the guy that's supposed to be the Department of Homeland Security having wristbands. Now, I did not know much about the wristbands either. But it's an interesting story, and you want to know why this is a humanitarian effort. When Democrats try and say it's humanitarian for us to bring people in and take care of them, that's the argument from the left, right? Bring people in. We have to help them. They're coming from bad situations, which means that the communist socialist societies that they're coming from have failed miserably, that are run by tyrants, that are run by dictators, that are run by socialist communists, that are run by uh, cartels, that are run by genocidal maniacs, that are run by those people. We're trying to vote that into our society here with our democratic socialism. But you want to know what the wristbands are for? It's all about the human trafficking. And as we mentioned in the last segment, the battle we're going to see in our own American streets are because of this issue that's kind of concerning. And if you want to really take care of humanity, if you want to really take care of human beings, we need to stop this kind of garbage. That was the one bit of his testimony that truly shocked me because just about every illegal immigrant who crosses the border is wearing a colored wristband. They correspond to how many thousands of dollars the immigrants owe the cartels. And the fact that Mayorkas doesn't even know what they are, if you stand on the banks of the Rio Grande River, as I have done many times, you see hundreds or thousands of these wristbands laying in the ground. Sir, I don't know if you stood there, but I know Mayorkas hasn't because he didn't know what the wristbands were. And that means he hasn't talked to the Border Patrol agents either. It is immoral. So what we're up against here, we're up against a battle of humanity and we're up against true evil, pure evil, of people that are owing some very powerful evil people a lot of money and we're just allowing it to happen. This is a cartel partnering with a cartel, the Biden administration partnering with drug dealers, human dealers, gun dealers, bringing it to the United States. This should be a declaration of emergency right now. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, darn right it is. Welcome back into the program on the home stretch here. Last half hour of the program already, man, plays way too fast. Fastest hour of radio on, well, radio, multiple radio stations all over the place, TV, plus live streaming, and the podcasting, which we do very well at as well. I want to thank you very much for checking us out in numerous different platforms all over the place and all over the country as well. Always appreciate you and love you to death. What a crazy day. We have 
allegedly, according to Mayorkas, 24,000 border agents stopping the surge of illegal immigration where they've uh, made it to where (laughs) instead of actually doing screenings, they're saying, well, they're not coming in illegally. We're just doing a two-minute scan, making sure that they're good, putting them on a bus and sending them out across the country. So that way it's not an illegal process. It's all legal. They're all legal immigrants in the nation and uh, some just not having that one that's that's not the way this is supposed to be done and when those kids cross the teenage boys who owe thousands of dollars to the cartels the biden administration flies them to every city in america they fly them to kansas and there those teenage boys are forced to work for the mexican drug cartels committing crimes to pay off the money they owe and if they don't pay it off they'll murder their families and i'll tell you as bad as the boys have it the girls have it worse There are thousands upon thousands of teenage girls trapped in sex slavery. And yet, for those of you in the media who don't report on that, you should be ashamed. This is evil. And the reason you don't see any Democrats here is they can't defend this. They're counting on the press not to cover it. It's wrong. Interesting stuff. Let's get into what's trending. What's trending today? Excited to talk to our next guest about this one, plus the bill that's going on out of Washington, D.C., the House bill that was passed by Republicans regarding the immigration issue. Where will it go? Obviously, dead on arrival, probably in the Senate, the Biden administration not liking it because it's the Republican and Trump's fault for the immigration crisis going on at the border right now. Excited to have on. He's the vice president of NumbersUSA.com, which you can find at NumbersUSA.com. It's Chris Shimolensky here. Chris, how are you, my friend? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, great to have you on here. What a crazy day. Title 42 officially over. There's lines lining up across the entire wall at the southern border with a two-minute processing rate for the 24,000-plus Border Patrol agents, soldiers, everybody else, screening people in two minutes, making sure that you're not sick and that you have no ill intention and then getting you on the buses and sending you out all over the country because it's not illegal now. They're not illegals. They're just being processed at a very fast rate. Does this sound like a possible nice way to handle our southern border? <laughs> two, two, two minutes. Two minutes, you said. I think it takes me longer to get through a TSA pre-check line than <laughs> two minutes. <laughs> yep. So that, that, that's that's our national security for you. All we, in two minutes, we can determine whether or not they have ill attentions towards the United States. It's, it's absolutely incredible what's happening down there and, and what this administration's response is. You know, you, you keep, I keep hearing from Mayorkas that, well, what we're doing is we're creating legal pathways for them. Um, last time I checked, Congress is who passes laws and creates legal pathways for immigration, not the executive branch. And these people aren't coming in legally. They're granting them parole. And in many cases, they're granting them parole illegally. And parole is not legal status. It just means you're protected from deportation. That's all parole means. Yeah. Well, now that 42, Title 42 is over, and now it falls back to this yeah. Title 8, which essentially says that if you cross illegally, then even if you do get caught, it's like a 50 to $250 fine and a potential court date down the road while these uh, facilities that are trying to process are even at full capacity. So we're not even doing that. And like you said, we're just stamping them saying, come back later, we'll process you later. Until then, have at it in, you know, welcome to the United States of America. This is unsustainable. And if we continue this with the fifteen to 20,000 people a day that could be walking through this, is this going to fundamentally change the future of the country? It, it, 
it absolutely could, especially depending on how many of them actually end up doing getting getting across the border and getting released into the United States. And they're missing a pretty specific, they're missing a couple, well, they're missing a whole lot of Title Eight. They're misunderstanding the whole section of U.S. code um, by not enforcing the federal the laws that Congress has passed and, and enforcing these laws, even though Joe Biden swore he would when he was inaugurated as president. But Title Eight also authorizes the president just to simply prevent people from coming in in the first place. So they don't even have to they don't even have to process them. They can just block them from coming in. And if they do come in, just send them right back where they came from. That's one thing that they can do that they're authorized to do under the law. The second thing that they're authorized to do is expand the use of expedited removal. This is another tool that Congress has passed in given administrations that allows them to to immediately deport, they can process them and then immediately deport anybody who enters the country illegally. This is essentially what the Obama administration did, and then they counted it as a deportation, earning President Obama the moniker deporter-in-chief. Um, but they can send them right back where they came from. They don't even have to go before a judge if they put them in tax, but I did removal. But no, the Biden administration absolutely wants them to be here, so they're processing them in two minutes or less, and then sending them on their way into the United States. It's absolutely insanity. Uh, why don't we have better policy on this issue? This is not a new issue that we've had. We've had this for a long time. I mean, Ronald Reagan talked about it back in the day. Uh, JFK talked about this back in the day. This has been going on for years. Uh, obviously, when we created a lot of our immigration laws in the early 1900s with Ellis Island and people coming in from the European area, when we started writing these laws of, hey, we have to have some type of structure of this, why do we not have actual policy on the books that's easily enforceable and make this process streamlined for both us to be able to regulate people coming in and streamline the process for people wanting to come in to make it easier for them as well? Right. Well, there's a the, the, the big problem is that there's a number of loopholes that have been carved into federal law. You know, Congress never anticipated this. The, 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 the Refugee Act of 1980, it was passed in 1980. That's uh, everybody that's, that's coming in and trying to claim asylum. That's the loophole that they're taking advantage of. There's this little section within the Refugee Act that not only defines the process for claiming asylum here in the United States, um, but there's also another section that allows the, the, the president of the United States to parole people um, based on a case-by-case basis for humanitarian reasons. When Congress passed those laws, they never thought that it would lead to this because they passed them such a long time ago. Those laws desperately need to be updated. And H.R. 2, which House Republicans passed yesterday through the House of Representatives, closes up some of those loopholes. Actually, in fact, it closes up all of those loopholes. So it makes it more difficult to enter in fraudulent claims of asylum and makes it easier for people who have legitimate asylum claims to actually apply for asylum. And it also closes up some of these loopholes to deal with family units and unaccompanied alien minors. You know, they found out that, oh, well, we built a whole bunch of detention centers down on the southern border they were meant to hold single adult males because that's usually what we have crossing the border. They're not meant to hold people under the age of 18. Well, the drug cartels and the people in Central America figured that out, and they said, well, let's start sending our 16- and 17-year-olds up there yeah. because they're not going to detain them. They're going to release them into the United States. So we have to update our laws so we can deal with these situations adequately.
Yeah, exactly. And I'm glad you brought up HR two because that's where I wanted to go with this. Is now that Republicans have passed this bill, I'm I, I'm glad we did it in the House of Representatives. I'm a little frustrated that we waited until now to actually pass this when we had you know opportunities to do this so for so many years now. But this is the time and a little day late and a dollar short. But uh, is this going anywhere? We have a Democrat run Senate right now. We have the Biden administration and the presidency. Will this go anywhere and change anything? Yeah, that's that's the that's the million dollar question. The the good thing is that House Republicans did pass this legislation and they kept it tough. I mean, they they had some opportunities to water it down. There were some more of the the middle of the road. I'm going to call them squishy Republicans that that wanted to water it down a little bit. Um, but but House leadership decided, resisted against that. They said, no, we got to keep this as tough as possible. This is our starting bargaining position if we start working with the Senate. And now it gets tossed over to the Senate. And the Senate can decide whether or not they're going to address the situation. You've got legislation that is significantly weaker that's being offered by Senator Tom Tillis in North Carolina and Kirsten Sinema out of out of Arizona. So maybe you could see some sort of compromise develop over the next couple of months. But I think what was really important was for House Republicans and the Republican Party um, in, in general to draw a line in the sand and say, this is what we want passed yeah. into law. This is what we're going to start working with. You guys give us your offer, and maybe we can find a deal. If not, then we'll see what happens during the 2024 election. If they had done nothing, then they would have had to face the voters in 2024 and explain why they did nothing. Yeah. At least now they have legislation they can stand behind. Yeah, and I hopefully they do. Hopefully they stick with this one with HR2, and they stick with their budget deal as well for the debt ceiling because they're coming out showing that they have something – in mind as a response, because that's what we always get criticized as with Republicans. We're talking with Chris Chmielinski. He's the vice president for Numbers USA, which you can find online, numbersusa.com. we got just about a minute before we have to take a break here. Chris, can you stick over one more segment with us as well? Uh, sure, why not? Awesome. I appreciate that, because when we come back, I want to talk about, they always accuse us from the uh, from the left, they accuse the right side of the aisle that we're anti-immigrant and this is all just an attack on quote-unquote brown people and hispanics coming over uh, from mexico and from central america and how we just don't like that because we're a bunch of white nationalists trying to purify our country and stop these individuals from coming over which is not the case in any way shape or form and as we mentioned in the last segment uh this is not even individuals just wanting to quote-unquote better their lives but individuals that are tied to the cartels as you mentioned, Chris, and uh, with the wristbands that uh, Ted Cruz had talked about in this press conference yesterday, uh, showing the amount of money that they owe the cartels and how they fit into that situation, uh, giving more influence and power to the cartels. So when we come back, I want to talk about that. Also, with the amount of immigrants that we have coming in and being with the Numbers USA and trying to figure out the proper number, what is the sustainable number of migrants from work visas, student visas, asylum seekers and refugees? What is the proper number sustainable number that we can actually have in the country. We'll do that when we come back here for the Friday, wrapping up the program here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. So there's a headline from the Washington Post right now, shared by MSN.com. Monkeypox. Remember that one? Like the wannabe during COVID-19. That one came about. Monkeypox. They're like, oh, another pandemic's going to happen. Monkeypox showing signs of returning in the United States. Oh, my. 
Now, wasn't monkeypox something that was a foreign-based disease that made its way into the country here? I'm just curious because now we have two-minute processing at the southern border for close to 10,000 people a day. And uh, apparently they can tell if they're healthy and if they have ill intent or not coming into the country after looking at them and speaking with them for two minutes. So there is that one. Very <laughs> interesting concept. Just throwing that out for you to ponder and chew on for the weekend. We're hanging out right now with Chris Shemolinsky. He's the vice president of Numbers USA. You can find him online, numbersusa.com. So, Chris, let's, uh, first let me ask you, uh, sustainability when it comes to immigrants. Obviously, we are the melting pot of the world. We bring more people in than any other nation on the face of the earth. We are more, we are more welcoming. We are more loving. We take care of more people. We bring in more people out of hardship in third world countries than any other country on the face of the earth right here in the great U.S. of A. Uh, and we do that on whatever we can sustain annually. What exactly is that number? And if we do see close to 10,000 people a day, is that sustainable? So, yeah, we bring in uh, about, in terms of the legal channels, we bring in more than 1.1 million new legal immigrants every single year. And if you cut that number in half, we would still be by far the most generous country in the world <laughs> when it comes to immigration. So that's how, that's how far behind everyone else in the world is behind us in terms of immigration policy. And that doesn't count all of the people that are coming in as guest workers, as well as the people who are crossing the border illegally, including those 10,000 a day that have crossed uh, the first couple of days of this week. So do I think it's sustainable? No, I don't. I mean, you just look at our, you look at our economic conditions, first of all. You know, we're, we're starting, job market is still pretty strong, even though the unemployment rate, though, is fairly low. If you look at the participation rate, the labor participation rate is still really pre-2009 recession levels, or it hasn't returned to pre-2009 recession levels. Yeah. So it's, it's hovering in the, in the mid-60s, and we're used to a labor participation rate much higher than that. So there are still a bunch of workers, and when I say a bunch of workers, I'm talking about millions of working-aged Americans who are sitting on the sidelines and not getting back into the job market. And yet we're continuing to not only bring in 1.1 million new legal immigrants every single year, several hundred thousand guest workers every single year. But now we're talking about, uh, you know, another 2 million plus crossing the border illegally every single year that are getting released into the United States. So I don't think it's sustainable just from a job market perspective, not to mention the strain on our resources, roads, highways, bridges, overcrowded schools, overcrowded emergency rooms, et cetera. Uh, the the, 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 the number of people that we're adding into the country through immigration is just too rapid right now for our infrastructure on a whole to keep up with it. I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. Talking crazy, man. Joe Biden created 10 million jobs since the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, 10 million people lost their job because of the pandemic. No, he created them. He created them. That's, a, that's the largest job right. growth in the history of any president in the United States. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Well, he, he was given an incredible head start, an economy that was shut down and then reopened <laughs> on his watch. But, you know, there's an incredible statistic that uh, the, the folks at Center for Immigration uh, Studies came up with. Um, they, they dug into the jobs data. They actually found out that most of the Americans who lost jobs as a result of COVID have yet to get really back into the market, into the into the job market. But most of the foreign workers who lost jobs during COVID have gotten back into the job market. 
So we still we're we're still recovering. We've got a long way to go. But if you look at the economic data, it, we we still have high inflation. You've still got the Fed Federal Reserve considering another rate hike. Um, with with us constantly raising, I mean, they're trying to drive the economy into a recession, which means that you're going to have job cuts, yeah. no longer job gains every single month. What a mess. We got a lot of work to do on our hands, and we got to get some uh, new leadership going on in the Washington, D.C. level. It's Christian Malensky, Vice President, Numbers USA, NumbersUSA.com. It is an ongoing battle since October. 530 illegal immigrants have come into the border. That's during Title 42. Now that it's gone, even though they won't be labeled as illegal because of a two minute processing at the southern border, we're going to see a lot more come through that southern gate. Chris, it's good to talk to you, my friend. Let's get you back on and do this again here real soon, brother. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Hey, appreciate it very much. There it is. That does it for us today. Not to leave you on a crazy note for a Friday, but hey, it's a crazy day today indeed. Stay safe out there. Make sure to educate yourself. Be that catalyst for change in your local community. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you on the radio.